What's going on, everybody? You are listening to episode number 75 of Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker. I am a peakbacker. I am a huge hiking nerd. And every single week on this podcast, I chat with another thru-hiker, another peakbacker, or another hiking nerd about their experiences on the trail. Baker Bo Corny, you know him, you love him. He's back for episode like five or six or something. I don't even know how many episodes, but a lot of episodes he's done. He's back again. We uh, we went into this episode without much of a plan. Just just roughly, we were like, maybe we'll talk about gear. And then we basically just ended up talking about gear for the entire episode. But that's okay, because as you guys all know, gear is not discussed on this show very often. So might as well change it up a little bit and dedicate pretty much an entire episode to talking about ultralight backpacking gear. So it was a good time. Baker, thank you for coming on. And I, do I even have to thank him at this point? I kind of feel like it's an obligation, so... Yeah, I'll still thank him. Thank you, Baker, for coming on. Let's do it again soon. Folks, Instagram, you gotta go follow me and the show on Instagram. My personal Instagram is at KyleHatesHiking, and my my Trail Tales podcast Instagram is at TrailTalesPod. Uh, email, I haven't plugged the email in a while, I feel like, so send me an email if you like the show. If you have any suggestions, guest suggestions, just general suggestions for my goofy ass trailtalespod at gmail.com and definitely go check out my youtube channel if you haven't already things have been going pretty well on there honestly i'm at the point now where i reach way more people on youtube than this podcast but still doing it because it's super fun so kyle hates hiking on youtube go check that out before we get into my conversation with Baker, I need to take a second to tell you guys about this episode's sponsor. You know them, you love them, Sawyer Products. Now, rather than plugging their filters and their amazing insect repellent products, this week instead, I'm going to take a second to tell you all about the amazing work that Sawyer is doing to bring clean water to the country of Liberia. That's right. Liberia. With the help of Sawyer's filters, Liberia will be the first developing country with clean water border to border in every single household by December of this year, 2020. That's unreal, honestly. Clean water, border to border, every household by the end of the year. So far, Sawyer's water filters, that's right, the same ones that myself and tons of other through hikers and backpackers use on the trail have been able to reduce diarrhea by over 90% in Liberia. Now, here in the United States and other developed countries, we are very lucky because diarrhea usually isn't a huge deal. I mean, it definitely sucks, don't get me wrong, but it's usually not super life-threatening, but that's not necessarily the case in a lot of places around the world. So the work that Sawyer is doing is super, super important. They're saving a lot of lives, and I'm honestly very blessed to be able to work with a company that not only makes such cool products for hiker trash folks like me, but is also just so concentrated on helping people around the world. So I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to an article all about their work in Liberia. You guys should definitely go check it out. Sawyer.com if you want to learn more about them generally and their awesome products. And with that said, thank you, Sawyer. Let's get into the episode with Baker Bo Corny, the gear episode. I don't even know how to introduce him. Appalachian Trail Class 2018, Florida Trail Class 2018, bunch of other stuff, Class 2018 and other years. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you a very special guest who I'm sure you guys have never heard of before. Mr. Baker Bo Corny, what's up, dude? Hey, how's it going, Kyle? It's going good, Baker. This is your this is what you're like your fifth or sixth episode of Trail yeah, Tales. Twenty something, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't. I I can't remember either. In fact, I didn't even remember which one was our last episode. So I went and I looked, and I believe our last episode was the like month late Thanksgiving episode that we did. Back to so oh, like yes. early early yeah, like early December or something like that. Is that a, is that is that correct? I, I guess so. I actually thought that the last one we did was the fiftieth one, but you're right. I'm pretty sure we. I was mean, that obviously... was that the fiftieth? Let me see. No, no, no. You're right. There was a well. There was a trail grievances. 
That that well, was one. Of, I think that was only the second one. But that one well, sticks sorry, out to me. Trail, that, the, not trail gears. I'm sorry. The where we were thankful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was okay. So I'm looking at it right here. That was the uh, the thankful. The the late Thanksgiving was published on December 10th, and that was number 56. So okay. by the transitive property, that is more than 50. So I believe that was our last episode. I'm glad that you were able to use some math to deduce that because I was struggling a little bit. You know, I, I, I studied computer science for four years in college, so I'm, I'm pretty good at proofs and and the transitive property is very important for proofs. So anyways, folks, <laughs> before I go down that rabbit hole, Baker's back. We don't have any plan for this episode, no theme, uh, but I think it would be fitting to possibly talk about some gear. I know I always say like, oh, I don't talk about gear because it doesn't matter shit, but I've been going down the rabbit hole of researching gear lately for like the first time in legitimately years and years and years. I feel like my gear nerd has like my gear nerd, my inner gear nerd is starting to come out again. So that's been on my mind a little bit. I'm starting to buy some new stuff and maybe we'll talk about that. Baker also really wants to talk about the fact that trail tales is now sponsored by Sawyer, or at least it is for, (laughs) for this episode. So uh, I kind of want to talk about that too, because maybe there's like one person out there who's half curious about that. So, so maybe we'll talk about that. Um, does that sound good, Baker? Is there anything else that we can talk about? Anything else you can think of? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Well, I wanted to first say, I feel like since the last time I was on, you've had quite a slew of like legitimately in the through hockey community, famous guests. I'm pretty sure you had Jupiter and then yep. Bigfoot was recent and Darwin and Darwin too. Yeah. And you're just like, you're, you're skyrocketing and right chance. Now. And, and Chance, oh my god! And gosh. Julia Sheehan. I, yeah, this is so many. At this point, you're just like a, you're just so famous that I. I mean, I'm <laughs> honestly surprised I was even invited to do this. I know. I thought about just not ever talking to you again since I gained six thousand subscribers, but. Well, you know, that would be a totally understandable. And I mean, you, I mean, I'm, again, you probably should. Like, every thousand subscribers, I cut out a certain population of my friends, and you're yeah. you're still in there. But we'll see how much longer it lasts. Wow, that's really. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm flattered, honestly. I, if you look at my follower count, I just don't know how I qualify to be on this show. <laughs> this might be the last Baker episode. Now. The, Dep- I mean, unless I, my channel tanks, and in which case, I will be begging you to come back on. No, no, <laughs> we kid, folks. Desperate, obviously, we kid. Um. Yeah, but you totally dodged my question there. Anything else we should... No, that's why I, w- I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to say how you're, you know... You, I don't know. It seems like things are things are, things are are on the upswing. Things are here. going good, except for like yeah. the two weeks I didn't post recently. Uh-oh. But that, I, was, I, mean, I was taking a little break. We're good. It happens. It happens. And maybe you're also cranking out like seven YouTube videos a day. So, you know. Seven. How much, <laughs> I wish, seven, dude. I would have seven. so many more subscribers if I was doing seven videos a day. Seven a day. I can barely do one a week. Um, yeah, dude. So now that you're a part of my very famous lineup of guests over the last couple months, um, let's talk about, actually, you know, this is where we're going to start. We're going to start, you've been doing like a couple hikes recently, just local stuff. And I, I'm kind of curious to hear about that because I've been cooped up all winter and now I've been cooped up for the most part this spring, uh, because of, uh, medical issues, not medically. That makes it sound like I have a medical issue. Uh, yeah, I was because like, of I was coronavirus, like, I was going to try to <laughs> say not coronavirus, but I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah, 70, it, sounded, it sounded really dire. I was like, are you okay? Yeah, I know. That's what I was saying. It made it sound like I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm fine. But the world is not fine right now with everything going on. But anyways, yeah, dude, what, what have you been up to uh, hiking wise and just life wise? How's life in Colorado? How How is the hiking in Colorado these days? Yeah, it's it's been good. It's um so it's mid May right now. The snow is melting rapidly, which has been really nice. So I I did actually get a pair of skis this winter, and so Ooh. I was learning how to ski. Um, and then the Rona hit, and so that shut down all the ski resorts pretty quickly. So then I kind of had to hibernate for a little bit. Um, uh, but yeah, snow is starting to melt. There was a good month there, like in April and late March, where like every hike Little Bear and I went on was like just it was just like post whole city. Um, and we don't have snowshoes or anything. So it was, <laughs> it, was it just wasn't, it, the weather was like kind of warm. So the temperatures were okay, but it was just like every time we yeah. go hike, it was just to- totally full. So uh, yeah, luckily the, the mountains where we live, um, we live in kind of a remote part of Colorado and in Colorado, we are able to, we're allowed to go out and recreate locally. Uh, that's still part of the, 
part of what's allowed with the the shutdowns and everything. Uh, so we, and we do have a lot of mountains nearby, which is really good. Um, but yeah, it's been really snowy. So we had all these times where we were like, we're going to try to hike to an alpine lake or like try to this, get to this, this specific destination. And it's pretty rare that on a day hike, we don't make it as far as we intended to. Like that's pretty rare that we can't, you know, manage to make it like five miles or something up to like where we're trying to go. But yeah, for various reasons between like times where my hands were completely frozen because I didn't bring enough gloves or like enough gloves. <laughs> yeah, I wear, I actually like layer my gloves. So I, I have to, like, I sometimes I wear like literally three pairs of gloves. My hands get <laughs> very cold. Um, or more likely like the snow being so deep that we just get completely like it's just postal city like i said but the snow's been melting um it's been nice and warm here i know that the east on the east side you guys have been getting the east side i don't i guess you live on, on the <laughs> east, east <coast>. side <laughs> northeast <laughs> yeah well i know that like the midwest too has been getting like polar vortices and stuff but um or vortexes i don't know the plural of that word but uh yeah, it's actually been really warm um, in the uh, where in Colorado, and so the snows are melting, which is really good. So we finally had a couple hikes where we were able to go back and like make it to the the destination of the hike. Um, and I've actually we've done a couple overnighters too. So those are our first times doing an overnight trip for this year, which has been really fun. But it's still like when you get to the high elevation, it's just totally snowed in. So I was trying to I was planning on hiking like a 14er. So I was we were going to camp at the base of it and then try to hike it the next morning. And I got there and like the afternoon before, I kind of like explored around a little bit and every route, like there's multiple routes you could take to get up there. Every route was just a huge snow field. And so you would basically be like winter mountaineering to get yeah. up there. Um, and I don't have an ice axe and more importantly, I don't have the skills or any of the knowledge <laughs> on how to do that. It was the kind of thing where like, I mean, it was like a hundred, 200 feet of straight snow or ice, or I don't know what the, it, you know, it was some sort of, some sort of icy looking substance. And so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, if I slip, I'm just going to, I mean, I'm just going to be sliding, you know, unless, so I was like, no, nah, I don't think it's a good idea. So I still got to wait a little while for the really, really high elevation stuff to melt out. But in terms of like day hiking and just kind of overnight trips, to like really, really pretty Alpine lakes and stuff, like we're able to do that now, uh, which has been, uh, we're very fortunate that we're, we're able to do that. And it's not very crowded on the trails too. It doesn't feel unsafe. Like I don't feel like I'm, like breathing down people's necks and everything. Like we pass a handful of hikers every time and we just, you know, you step way off the trail or you cover up your face with like your buff or whatever. And, um, it really hasn't been that bad. Like I haven't been in, in any situations where I felt like, you know, it was not safe and we were, you know, potentially causing the virus to spread and stuff like that. So it's, we're, we're definitely lucky that we're able to do that. Um, and yeah, I'm just getting excited for summer. It's pretty, yeah, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, uh, I'm, it's our, Last summer was we were getting married and so we were kind of busy with the wedding and stuff. Um, so that kind of like, you know, uh, it was fun, of course, but it meant that there wasn't as much time for hiking. But this summer we have like no, I mean, every plan that we had with our family or whatever has been all canceled. Right, so right. The, yeah, the plan and the plan is just kind of to, you know, um, hang out in Colorado and stuff. And they're slowly reopening uh, parts of the, like more parts of Colorado. Um, and so I'm hoping that maybe I can do hike almost all or if not all, but most of the Colorado trail this summer, like try to do it in sections. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. But yeah. So we'll see though that that does require driving through other towns and stuff. The, the good thing about a section hike is it's actually um, if, like I was reading the Colorado trail coalitions website, uh, which is like the organizing body behind it. And they actually are recommending that people do like fully supported hikes this year and that you don't hitchhike into town. You don't take shuttles. You don't, go to hostels you don't like go buy your groceries and your resupply in town and eat at restaurants they're saying like you know if you can um have someone just drop off your food for you and, and your uh, anything you need for your resupplies uh, which if, is a definitely good idea for through hiking but for me i'd be i'm still working full-time so i can't like take a few you know like a month or yeah, two off yeah uh, but yeah i'm hoping to section hike it and um so like little barrel drop me off and you know drive me places uh and then the good thing about that is we'll avoid having to ever go into towns, you know, maybe stop for gas, but otherwise shouldn't even have to do that. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, obviously it depends like if it's, they've reopened things, if there's plenty of hiking near where we live, I can do that, but we'll see. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm just throwing around ideas right now. just hoping to, you know, just get some, get some stuff going for this summer. So, yeah, man. Well, I'm glad to hear you've been getting out and stuff. I'm also pretty lucky in that, you know, I haven't been doing, uh, uh the the big mountains here the big boys i like to call them but 
Uh, there's still like local trails and, and stuff that I can do. And so I'm just really stoked that in the midst of all this nonsense, I don't live in an area where I literally can't hike anything, you know, that would yeah. really suck. So, so I'm pretty thankful to have access to, to mountains as well. And in this time of year, you're not really supposed to, to hike on the, um, on the long trail or any of the side trails, the high elevation trails, because they get really muddy from all the snow melt and, and, uh, super eroded and stuff if tons of yeah. people are using them so uh once that it once that quote closure by the green mountain club is lifted um which should be in just like another week and a half two weeks i think they're letting people that are local hike on the long trail they're still not wanting people to travel into vermont but if you're already here i'm pretty sure they're gonna like let people hike on it still so not like they're just gonna close the long trail which is kind of dope so i might honestly depending on how long new hampshire and new york don't want people traveling into their states i might just be hiking the long trail again this summer for a third time <laughs> yeah. maybe just probably in sections obviously because i'm still working and stuff but or just at least exploring various areas re-hiking various areas so we'll see what happens but dude let's uh let's talk about gear a little bit do you want to talk about gear yeah speaking of i just ordered a, a new tarp today Ooh. for sir uh, because we have a two-person tent but if i'm hiking i'm hopefully going to be doing a lot of soul hiking this summer um not that's not to say i'm trying to avoid little bear just saying that i'm hopefully i'm doing like <laughs> doing a lot of the Colorado. you're the trail. one that said it bro i wasn't even thinking it <laughs> i just i, I had to, i had to clarify i don't want to yeah, do a lot of hiking and not at all because i want to get the fuck away from my wife but yeah just, not just... because we're quarantine inside and really tired of each other no that's not it's <laughs> not that at all no that's not at it uh yeah so i just i ordered a new tarp so we can um yeah, I've also been doing a little doing a little gear perusing as well. So, what what uh what tarp did you get? Wait a minute, tarp? I thought you you had the duplex. This is what we were going to talk about, Baker. Why do you? No, I have yeah, I have a duplex, but the tarp I ordered is like a quarter of the weight. So, you know, Damn. it's a, so I got the um the Z the duplex was too heavy for you. Are you really going to tell me that right now? I mean, you know, you know me. <laughs> I'm a gram weenie. I, I I like to I like to to look at my lighter pack and optimize my spreadsheet and stuff, but uh. No, it's it's uh it's the Z Packs um, pocket tarp with storm doors on it. They sell they crazily enough they sell a version without doors, and I'm like, <laughs> it's just like it's just wide open. I mean, pretty much wide open on one side. Well, that's yeah, just have, absurd. That's way too that, light. That's like, just absolutely nonsense. But no, it's like 5.2 ounces with the lines on and stuff. I mean, it's it's a uh, no one wants to hear about ounces, but it to me. No, I, I think a lot of people do want it, and honestly, okay. I, I do too. So so yeah. what? What? Okay, so. For for someone with my amount of experience, I feel like I should probably know this already, but I've never really thought about sleeping with a tarp. And honestly, I haven't really talked to many people who who do or at least talked about it with them anyways. So, uh, yeah, bugs. That's the first thing that comes to mind for me. Yeah. What about bugs? Like, yeah, so, that, so that's the thing is that depending on where like I'm hiking um, – there may not really be any bugs, right? And it also, uh, also the the time Colorado of year. Colorado doesn't have any bugs. It does. Ha- it does have bugs. So, but again, it depends on the section and the time of year. So, That's like, true. Okay. The past two times we've gone out, there haven't been like barely any bugs. Um, you know, but that's still, this is early May. It's their bug season will kick up more when like the snow's really melted. There's a lot more standing water and, and then the mm-hmm. temperatures get warmer. But even then, like the bugs, like when I hiked here last summer, um, the bugs were like, at dusk they'd be kind of bad but then when it gets fully dark or like really pretty dark after the sun's gone down they pretty much go away um and to be honest like i don't get too bothered by like for if it's like mild mosquitoes it just really doesn't bother me i guess like there were a lot of times the at when people like oh the especially like little bear they she just has she like definitely attracts them a lot more like there are certain there's like certain genetic markers or something that attract um like mosquitoes and other flying insects more yeah so she's definitely one of those people that gets bothered by them. But for me, they don't bother me as much. So like my plan is to um, first like have a, a bug head net, which is like if I'm covering my sleeping bag and they're not like super bad, which I've never seen like swarms of them here. Um, most of the time there's like most, some areas there could be uh, in Colorado, but uh, you know, if it's a bug head net helps if you're just trying to like keep a few off. Uh, but then from there I can also add in like a bivy. Um, so like a bivy being like a fully enclosed, like almost like a sleeping bag type of thing but then it kind of covers your head too. And it has like netting. Um, so you can still breathe, but it keeps bugs out. And then bivvies have other advantages too. Like if you use a quilt, they reduce drafts because it's like another kind of sheet over top of your quilt. 
Um, so I might add a bivy on there if the bugs are too bad. Uh, but from I've, I've, I've cowboy camped several times out here. I've slept under, I have a different, uh, tarp, which is like way too tiny. Like I've used it a couple of times and like just got soaked by rain. So I was like, okay, I can't. So that's, that's what my next question was going to be like downpours under. Yeah. A tarp. So, so the, so I, I got a tarp, um, the very last bit that I was in Arizona, like for Arizona, first of all, it like when we were there, it was barely, well, the beginning of the trip was like snowing, but after this, after that went away, um, it was like, it was it barely rained and there are no bugs. So I was cowboy camping pretty much every night. So I thought like, I don't need to carry around this whole two person fully enclosed shelter. So I got like an inexpensive tarp just to kind of test it out. Uh, but the tarp I got was way too tiny. I mean, it's like eight feet long by four feet wide. Like I, I barely like, it, it, it'll like work in a light downpour at best. But um, if there's any sideways rain, rain or anything, then it's going to be bad. So um, I was like, I can't take this to Colorado because you get some nasty thunderstorms here. And it's like, what's the point of carrying this shelter if it like doesn't actually yeah, keep yeah. the water out? And I know that some hardcore people could definitely make that work, but I'm not that hardcore. Um, but the the advantage of the pocket tarp I mentioned is that it's it's actually a fully enclosed uh, tarp. It's like a hexamid style um, tarp. So it's, it's fully enclosed. So it actually will keep like most of the rain off. Um, so yeah, that's why, that's why I switched that one. It's also lighter too. Um, so I was like, it's a kind of a win-win. So yeah, this is a fully enclosed one. I have, I'm fairly confident that in like serious rain, it'll keep me acceptably dry. Um, what about like, like water running underneath, you know, like into your sleeping area? If it, yeah. So, so like, I, I have campsite a, selection. Are you, are you well-versed in good campsite selection? I would hope so. I mean, I think I've, you know, at this point I've seen, an, I've, I've had enough soggy nights in my tent to know like <laughs> what a good campsite is or not. But uh, yeah, I have a ground sheet. Um, and then, yeah, definitely campsite selection. Like, you know, it, it's pretty obvious when there's a divot and there's, you can see how water's been running through there and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it definitely, you know, it, I, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I can avoid like, you know, waking up in a pool. Um, the other thing I, sh- I will say about just being wet in general, but, uh, uh, like your gear getting all wet, um, like in Colorado and dry places, uh, things dry out actually pretty quick. So yeah, you might get like kind of damp overnight. The, the main thing is like, you don't want to get hypothermic, right? Like if it's really cold yeah. and wet, that's a problem. But if you're just mildly uncomfortable, like you're already, you're already be, you're already going to be pretty damp in a fully enclosed tent anyways, right? Like if it's really raining heavily. So the main thing is like, if the sun comes out the next day, or even if it's just like kind of breezy, the low humidity, like your stuff dries out really quick. So it's not like the AT where like you get something wet and it might be wet for like a week because the sun never comes back or it just kind of keeps drizzling all day or you ne- you never get a chance to go into town or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a little different out here. Like, like what I, if I have to like walk through snow and like my shoes get wet, like within 15 minutes or like 20 minutes of like walking, if it's like sunny out, my my feet feel dry already. So, um, that's another part of it, right? Is that that's part of the calculation is that I can, I can handle getting my gear, getting a little more damp, um, cause it's going to dry out. So let me ask you this. So you've done the AT and you've also done a decent amount of West coast hiking at this point mm-hmm. or not West coast specifically, but just Western hiking, I guess I'll yeah, say Mount, mountain West, I guess. Yeah. Arizona, Colorado and stuff like that. So would you bring a tarp on the AT or AKA in an environment that gets a lot more rain and is a lot more wet and humid than the drier West Western terrain. Uh, I probably would. The, actually the main reason that I wouldn't bring a tarp on the AT would be for bugs. Cause it is, it was definitely very buggy on the AT. So having, I mean, and if I had a bivy with me too, like I've never used a bivy, so I don't know how annoying it is to be like in a bivy with bugs, like right, like inches from your face flying around but i think um it was definitely buggy enough at times on the at to justify having like a a tent with a fully enclosed shelter uh a fully enclosed netting um, <laughs> to justify that <laughs> yeah I, I think it was and I also can, the and, yeah uh and the amount of rain too i mean it definitely it rains a lot so i you know i have to i haven't gotten this target i'll have to test it for rainworthiness i'm imagining it's it's almost as rainworthy as uh, you know, the, the duplex that I have now, which is like the, the tent that little bear and I use. So, mm. um, so we'll see, but yeah, I would say that I would be much more cautious about bringing a tarp. I mean, with the AT you have shelters too. So like maybe it's actually, you could get away with it, but if, if you don't have a, sh- if you can't get into a shelter, then yeah, you're, it could be a rough night. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and you never know, like the shelters could be full and stuff. So yeah, well that that makes sense. Then I'll I'll tell you as I prepare for future hikes, not near future, but future future. Um, I'm gonna be out there out west on various. Not really sure where exactly yet, but I'd like to do one of the long west coast trails. I'll leave. I'll leave those to the imagination of the listener to know what trail I'm talking about. But um, I'm really curious which ones now. I can't. I know it's it's a this it's a long list of two different trails. Mm, so two whole trail. I don't know. Okay, use I'll use your imagination, but you know, <laughs> obviously, no hammock. Uh, well, I guess you could try to use a hammock, and yeah. maybe you can in, in certain sections, but probably not the best idea. No. So, anyways, I'm looking at transitioning, and already have started to transition to a tent system. And so this stuff is on my mind. Right now, I have a Big Agnes uh, Fly Creek UL2. I bought it around this time last year because a friend of mine was selling it used on Facebook Marketplace for like $100. And I wasn't even like looking for a tent, but I just saw that and I was like, pretty yeah. sure that's like a $300 plus tent. And he's selling it lightly used for 100 bucks. So I was like, yeah, that's Fuck a good it. deal. I'm just going to buy it. So I did. And so I have that thing and. That's going to hold me over for the time being. I know, folks, I'm, I'm like kind of done with the hammock. It's, it's kind of weird to say. Oh, my gosh. Your um, whole identity now. Who mostly in preparation for sleeping on the ground in West Coast trails that I'm going to be doing in the future, hopefully. But um, not because I wasn't satisfied with the hammock because I was very satisfied with the hammock, as most people know. Especially very you, satisfied. Having hiked with very. me. V satisfied. Very. But anyways, so that's my current tent, but I'm definitely going to be getting a lighter tent before I embark on any sort of legitimate long through hike. And one of the tents that I, I'll be honest right now, I'm debating between two tents and one of them is the duplex. And so I want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, the other one is the six moon designs lunar solo. Have you ever seen that tent before? I think so. Is that the one where the two poles kind of um, meet at an apex and then it's kind of it's long only, and skinny? I think it's only one pole, actually. Okay. So to be honest, Six Moon's design has like so many tents that I kind of get them all uh, mixed up in my head. Also, their tents and tarp tents designs like mix up my head. Like I've, I've never owned one, so I'm just kind of like mildly aware mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it only takes it only takes one tent. And okay. They're the the duplex is like six ounces lighter, I think, because it's around twenty ounces, right? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a, now they're like even less than twenty ounces, or maybe it's about twenty ounces or something like that. Okay, and then I believe this the lunar solo is like twenty six ounces, so six ounces. I mean, for some people, you're probably listening and being like, "Fuck off, guys!" Like that's only six ounces, <laughs> yeah. but for us, that's a, I I would like to save six ounces. If that's almost yep. half a pound, you know, that's a big deal. So. So for that reason, I like the uh, I like the duplex, but price wise, this is where oh, people yeah. are really going to be like, "Shut the hell up, you stupid ultralight gram weenie piece of shit." But price wise, the duplex is what like close to six hundred, maybe a little it's bit 600, less. Six hundred, yep. And the lunar solo is give or take two hundred, so big price difference, yep. big fucking price difference. So although although I guess another point to the duplex is space. Yeah, um, it's a two person one. And I think I would probably get the duplex over the one-person version or whatever it's called. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you wanted to save some money in weight, like if you're also considering one-person shelters, like the uh, – what is it? There's the Altiplex is the Lunar, bigger one. Yeah, and then there's – what is it? The Plex? Some, yeah, plex Amid. Plex Amid, yeah. Some Z-Pack, some Z-Pack's rep is some, listening. Some being futuristic. Like, Fuck you guy, you're getting – fucking up my tr- product names and shit, but yeah, I don't know. But no, that's another one, and it's like $50 less, so it's a little – you save a little bit. And yeah, but if you're like going to spend 550 bucks, you're like, what's another $50 at that point? So that's why I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll add like a couple ounces to get twice as much room. But but I don't know. I, I'm trying to decide between the two. I've also heard uh, just from a couple people. So this isn't like a proven scientific fact, but I have heard just from personal experience, a couple people have said that the condensation is not as bad in the duplex as it is in the lunar solo which is another point to the to the duplex so i don't know um i'm still deciding yeah. but i'm just curious to hear and this is this is the this is the funny thing we hiked together for probably what a little bit less than probably around 300 miles on the at maybe a yeah. little bit less but long time and you guys were using the duplex and i was just so not interested in gear back then i never gave it 
a second thought. And there was lots of other people that had duplexes too, and probably lunar solos as well. And I just never, never yeah. cared, never bothered to talk to people about their gear and stuff because I just did not care. But here I am, like fucking two years, you know, almost two years later, asking you about your experience with a product that I literally could have seen you use like for many nights. <laughs> but anyways, that's what I'm about to do. So I'm just curious to hear about your experience using the duplex and uh yeah let me know let me know if i should get it or not so i would say if you're willing to shell out the money it's it's absolutely worth it and i would say i mean yeah the it's hard to that's the main hit hitch i would say in terms of functionality it's it's incredible um and i personally do think it's worth the money um we've gotten between little bear and i like between all the hiking i did it myself and then we did together and then she took it on the whole Colorado trail last summer and then i've we're we're using it again now. It has like over four thousand miles. It's it's damn. It's, I mean, it, it's definitely beat up, but like it still works. It has like a few holes in it. It's really not meant for. It's I mean, it's been through like basically four, three and a half through hikes. At this I don't. Point, I don't so. think they would advise you to use them for that no, that many no, miles. Yeah. Yeah, it's really not. And so it is like there's a couple places where the holes are like very small holes are starting to form, but like, you know, it will keep you dry enough. It's pretty damn good. That's not a knock on them by any means. That's a, no, that's a it, lot of miles. It's really impressive for such a lightweight fabric. Um, and honestly, like it is, it's an amazing, it's an amazing tent. It's so easy to set up. Um, when, if you're, if you were using it as one person in there, it's a palace inside. Mm-hmm. It is so big. Um, it, uh, it, there are the only functional issues that I, have seen with it are and little bear like this actually bothers her a lot more uh and which is that if you're on like hard ground uh if you're if you're camped on a hard surface and it rains heavily the splashback is it, you definitely get a good amount of splash i think back. i remember you talking about this in our last yeah. year episode many many months and possibly yeah. a year ago i don't even remember when it was but yeah, yeah that's probably the main functional like drawback to it is the splashback um, if you're one person in there, you can just kind of like scoot into the middle, um, and it's fine. Or you can just kind of like, you know, lean some stuff up against the netting and like, just put your bag there or some other random stuff. I feel like the splashback is probably an issue with most tents though, or at least, at least the, uh, non freestanding, like trekking pole style tents or single wall tents, I guess I'll say, because they try to get a little bit more ventilation at the bottom. I feel like, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I think most that that's the thing is that the the vestibule doesn't go like all the way down to the ground. I mean, it gets pretty close, but it's not like as down. Like I used to have a big Agnes copper spur and that one, the vestibule was bigger and it would get down all the way down to the and ground. That's the same with my, with my fly creek. Yeah. And I, I think that's by design though, with the, again, with the single wall tents, just to provide yeah. that extra ventilation. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you are aware of that, you can camp on, you know, hopefully you can pitch your tent on not, uh, you know, on some ground that has at least a little bit of grass or something softer. Um, and honestly, it depends on your tolerance for discomfort and being mildly wet. But like, to me, I, I, you never get soaked with it. Like you'll just be like the outside of your bag would be kind of damp, but like that kind of happens with in a downpour, you're, you know, you're probably going to be kind of damp anyway. So, Mm -hmm. um, to me, that's not that big a deal. One other mild functional dislike that I have is that the pole is in the middle of the door. So like, it's a little annoying. You have to kind of like. Yeah, but that's just because you're tall and lanky as fuck. Yeah, maybe it's just a maybe it's a me problem. But <laughs> um, I mean, if you look at there are other tent designs. Um, like there's the uh, tarp tent Stratosphere, which is a two person tent uh, sets up with two trekking poles, um, and the door is like a half circle um, design, and the whole door opening is the, the the pole is kind of recessed back away from, so from the door, so you can get in and out, and so. To be honest, like Little Bear and I have looked because we're also, you know, just we're always kind of scanning for like new gear that's coming out and our tent's kind of beat up. So we're always thinking like, do we need to replace it? We've like been researching a lot of different two-person tents, but none of them beat the weight of the, um, none of them beat the weight of the duplex and none of them also seem to set up as easily too. Like the Stratosphere is like two pieces that you have to kind of like, you can kind of keep them clipped together, but um, I don't know, there's just really nothing, there's nothing else that's out there. Um, And I mean, it's, if you if you've been on any long trail, you've seen like how popular the duplex is and it's, it's popular for a reason. Like it is expensive, but I mean, I, I had to calculate how much we've paid per night that we slept in it now. Like I don't even, it would be like dollars. So, um, it's, it's really not, um, I don't know. It, it is an expensive tent. There's no doubt about it. The, the justification was easier when we had two people because we, you know, we only had to buy it. We basically were spending 
$300 per shelter, which yeah, is like a pretty which, yeah, a reasonable exactly. amount. But honestly, you're, I mean, you can, if you treat it okay, like you can get like, like I said, 4,000 miles out of it. Um, and yeah, I, it's, I really like it. So I, I can't recommend it enough. I can't, I don't really know of a better two person shelter. Um, so, I mean, I haven't tried that many other ones, um, but it's, it's honestly just for the weight. It's just, it, it's just like so much lighter than pretty much any shelter out Did there, you, unless you're going to not get a fully enclosed shelter. Right. So. Did you use um, a ground sheet? No. Ne- we've never used a ground sheet with it. So, I mean, the, the bathtub has a couple of places where water leaks in like a little bit, maybe. Like we, we One time we camped on snow last year and we had a bit of, it was a little damp in the tent in the morning. But I mean, it, it was not that bad. And so, yeah, that that's starting to fall apart too. Um, <laughs> but it, again, 4,000 miles on it. So Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I really can't recommend it enough. But uh, it it has it is it is expensive. That's the the one trade off. Um, have you gotten any other new gear since uh since the AT? Yeah, I uh, after Arizona, um, I with the with the longer water and food carries that I had to do, um, the pack that I was using, like I definitely enjoyed it, but it didn't quite carry. And yes, I need a new pack too. Enough. So yes, sorry. Okay, I'm no, excited. so uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I. So last summer I tried a bunch of different packs, which is hard with cottage companies uh, because you have to order them and then the, most of them have a return policy where if you don't bring it outside, you can return it. Um, so, but the, the one good thing about like trying out cottage company gear is like there's a really good resale market for it, especially for the gear that has like a long wait time. Um, so like a long lead time for it to ship. So like that's the one thing is like if you treat it okay when you're testing it out, you can use your resale pretty easily. But yeah, so I... I was basically looking for a pack that uh, one was a little more durable because the I had the Gossamer Gear Kumo, uh, which I really, really, really like that pack. Uh, but it was tear the pockets on the side were kind of tearing off, and they did send me a replacement one for free. But I was like, I just don't want to deal with a pack that's going to do this again because uh, I looked at the stitching and it hadn't been they didn't change like, it wasn't like they updated it and or anything. So mm-hmm. um, so I decided, and it really wasn't that big a deal. Like I used the pack for literally thousands of miles with the pockets like tearing open a little bit and it actually made it a little easier to like get the bottles in and out so i can't say it was necessarily a downside but either way i was the other big thing was that the hip belt uh actually by the end of my hiking i was like pretty thin and i actually couldn't tighten it as tight as i wanted to um so that was kind of a problem they don't have like multiple size hip belts the other thing is that it didn't quite carry it didn't carry like above 20 pounds very comfortably Mm-hmm. I don't normally hike with more than 20 pounds, but there are situations like long water and food carries or really like cold gear, which all three of those I had to kind of deal with in Arizona. And I deal with more often in Colorado now. And and also the two other Western trails that you might be alluding to, those are situations <laughs> you might have to deal with more definitely, frequently. Definitely. Um, so I, I figured that I was going to try to find a pack that was more comfortable. I still want a frameless pack because I do – you know, I just the weight savings is nice, and I don't really like having a frame. It kind of feels just like it's think of the weight savings. Think of the, exactly think of the weight <laughs> savings. But uh, yeah, it's the the frame to me kind of like moves me around a lot. And I don't like that. Um, so I tried a bunch of different frameless packs. So I tried um, a Palante, the Palante V2. I ordered actually a ULA CDT, which is the one you have, I think. Um, I got a Z Packs. Nero. Um, <laughs> well, and I, so I, I bought these, but I didn't bring them outside. Um, so you can return them for free. Right. So that was, like, I, it was kind of like, it was, it was, a, it was a lot, but, um, it was Something like, I know to I'm not, keep you occupied while you don't have the time or chance to hike, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then I also, um, let's see. And then I also ordered, um, a mountain Lord designs burn, which was, um, wait, which was the Z packs one. It's the Nero. So it's their frameless, uh, pack and so the ones that I returned, I returned the the ULA CDT because it just didn't fit me very well. Uh, even like wearing it inside, like it just felt kind of strange. So I returned that one, uh, which is too bad because I I like ULA a lot. Like I have the Ohm and it's a great pack. But also that pack is a little it's it's a little heavy too. But it, the price is great, so it's all trade offs. Uh, the Nero, um, the way they they stitch or stitch the shoulder straps on, it would kind of rub my shoulders in a weird way. And I saw some other people online complain about that. So I ended up returning that one too. Um, I kept the MLD burn cause it was, it's, it is so comfortable. It is like, you can load up like 30 pounds and it's so comfortable. Which one um, is it? The, the, the burn? burn? Yeah. It's like their 38 liter okay. pack. Um, yeah, you're going, then, you're going small. 
small size. Yeah, because that was the other thing is that at times, like, I mean, what especially when I'm carrying like a one person shelter, like my, I mean, my pack. When you're like, you know, have only a couple of days of food in there, like my pack is so empty. Like I just the volume is pretty low. Yeah. So um, yeah, I to me, I don't really need more than like. 40 30 35 liters like that's kind of the that's sweet crazy spot. man i would i feel like i don't know i i i just have a 50 liter still i mean it's still super light it's this very old version of the ula cdt for yeah. those of you who, who don't remember but i i'm like i'm like scared to go lower i feel like i probably could honestly it was very no, rare I mean, that my pack was completely full even on the at and now i'm going to be even lighter and have less stuff but like i don't know i'm just i'm just scared <laughs> yeah no i mean it's i would say it's worth a try um but yeah so of the all the ones i of all the ones i bought and like tried on at home before i returned them uh i kept the burn and i kept the palante um and then eventually i had to i was able to send back the palante because it's actually this, it was an older design their new design newer design fixes this but uh part of the hull loop was starting to like tear okay um and so they actually fixed it on their latest one. And honestly, I, that pack was amazing. I loved it. Uh, the biggest thing was like all the pockets and stuff. Um, and it had the stashable hip belt, which is like a big nylon. Uh, it was a like basically seatbelt material. So it was a very minimal hip belt, which was enough for me. The problem was the torso length is like 19 inches and I have like a 21 inch or like 22 inch torso. <laughs> so what would happen is I would have to put the pack super low for the, the hip belt to actually engage. And then the pack was like leaning in a weird, like it was like leaning back away from me and it would like swing around. It just, it just didn't fit me. Um, so that was very unfortunate because I loved that pack and I was so sad when I had to send it back. But anyway, I did have to send that one back, but I did get, I got the MLD burn. That's the one I've kept and I've used that one a bunch since I bought it last year and I absolutely love it. Um, it's, it's just so comfortable. Like I've, I've kind of discovered that I tried also going like without hip belts for a little while, but I just, for me, the, the, all the weight on my shoulders, it just kills me. Like at the end of the day, like I just want to like sit down and, and not hike at all. Um, which is like counter, it's like the opposite of what you need in a through hike. Like you need to be able to just walk as much as possible all day. So I basically was like accepted that I have to have a hip belt. Um, cause I don't want all that weight on my shoulders. Um, yeah, the burn is super comfortable. It has a very, for the, it, for the weight to comfort ratio is like the highest that I tried of all the ones that I tried. Um, so, and the other thing is it has a top Y strap. So, which I was thinking for like Sierras, uh, you know, when you're oh, a bear, bear canister, bear yeah. canister. Um, that was one thing the Nero does not have is a top strap. Otherwise I maybe would have kept that one, but, um, yeah, so no, but I, I think a canister can't fit inside it too. So there is that. Um, but yeah, so like having, so having the weight capacity for, and that's another thing I didn't even mention is like in addition to longer food and water carries and like more cold weather gear, you know, you also have the possibility of like a bear canister, uh, micro spikes, an ice axe. Like these are all things I didn't have to carry on the AT. And so, mm-hmm. you know, basically like there's times when I might be carrying a lot more weight. So that's another reason I was really looking for a pack that can carry more weight. So yeah, I can highly, re- at this point, I could definitely highly recommend the MLD burn. Um, and my uh, friend Sweatlines, who was on like one of your really early episodes, oh, he yeah. carried that on the Arizona trail and he seemed to love it too. That was kind of where I like got the inspiration to, um, Try that one. The one downside of the burn that I've found is the there are no pockets that come on it. So you can buy hip belt pockets with it. I did get those and I tried them, but with they I had to like hold both sides of the pocket to open and close it. It's not like the ULA ones, like it's sewn really directly into the hip belt, so it's very easy to open and close. So mm-hmm. um, what I've en- ended up doing since then is I now use a fanny pack, which looks really goofy, but I absolutely love it. Um, so fanny packs are, and I have a, the through pack summit bum which is like their larger <laughs> pack but it carries so much stuff and what's nice is that you can see everything like the bottom pocket with the plante you kind of just dig around in there you like hope you find the thing you're looking for because it's like below you and you don't really it's behind you um but yeah some of the the fanny pack has been really awesome and it's also cool because when you're on a through hike like when you're in town you can it's basically like carry all your stuff in there like if you don't have pockets on your shorts and stuff which i don't so Anyway, that was probably a lot more than you wanted to know. But uh, no, that's good. It's a long form podcast, bro. Yeah. Um, that is that is a lot. See, in terms of packs, I've been I've been leaning towards the Arc Blast, which is fifty five liters Z packs Arc Blast. Which yeah, fifty five liters I feel like is a little bit more it's than I need. More. Yeah, 
Because, like, my my current pack is 50 liters, and even that is probably a little bit more. But it's only 20 ounces for the Arc Blast. Yeah, it's by far the lightest frame pack. And the reason I'm thinking, yeah, and the reason I'm thinking of, of going with it is because I've been using my Z-Lite pad for my, that I use in my hammock as the, pa- as the, uh, the frame for my frameless pack right. for all these years, for fucking years and years and years. And now that I'm not going to carry that pad because I recently bought a sleeping pad I'm sure nobody has ever heard of called the uh, Neo Air X-Lite. Huh, what's uh, that? I don't know. I don't. You I still don't the, know what it is. You didn't get the Uber Light, bro. I thought about it. I thought about it, but I'm I, don't I don't have. I don't have one of those. And anyway, so now that I don't have the uh, accordion pad, the the foam pad, um, I was like, I don't know if I can use. Like, I I won't have anything to use as the frame for my pack now. But I actually packed my backpack today, or partially packed it, and we'll be playing with it some more after this conversation. Um, using just a folded Neo Air as the pad, and it's actually not as bad as I thought it would be. So originally yeah. I was thinking I would want a framed pack now that I don't have the foam pad for the frame, but depending on how that feels with the Neo Air just as the pad, because I know other people do that as well, I might end up going with a, a another frameless pack, so we'll see. Yeah, I would say you don't... I don't even think you need anything. Like, for the longest time, I didn't even fold up my Neo Air into the back of my pack, I would just kind of roll it up and like stuff it in my bag. And so basically I had no back frame sheet or any, I had nothing basically on the back of my frameless packs. And I, I, you, if you just pack it correctly, it's not a problem. Like at first of all, the bottom part's probably a sleeping bag or a quilt. So that's not going to poke into you. And then the middle part, as long as you just kind of like move your shelter and or your food bag in the right way, it's not that big a deal. So yeah, I would say definitely play around that. Cause I don't think that's a, that, for me, that's not a full reason to get a, framed pack just to have like something blocking it because i don't yeah it's probably not fully necessary the other thing you could do is like you could cut out just two sections of your z light and put that in there i thought about that yep i thought yeah. about that that's that was like my backup plan um because i'm not quite ready to pull the trigger on a new backpack like right now so for the beginning part of the summer at least i'm gonna still be have still be using my ula cdt so i was like well i need to do something and I think, if I remember correctly, each section of the Z-Lite weighs, like, an ounce. Yeah, so, one ounce. you know, I could just use, like, two or four or whatever, and then have, like, a bonus butt pad, too. But I'm not yeah. terribly concerned with that, so I don't know. No, you're, the, uh, no, the, the Neo X-Lite should work as a back pad, I would say. I don't, I don't think you have a problem with that. I'll let you know how it goes. I know you're just dying to know, Baker. Yeah, I have to, I have to know. <laughs> you're going to be up at night, like, oh, fuck, I, I've just... I really hope it works out for Kyle. Um, God, Scott, uh, this I is have to thing. unlock my computer. I'm sorry. Oh, it, you're good. It's it fell asleep on me. Oh, I got it. You're just type. you're just checking your email and stuff while we're talking because yeah, you don't that, really care that much. That's what it is. It's fine. Um, this this is the thing with with me because I've had the same gear setup for so long. Like I get I get a lot of comments on YouTube now where people will be like, "Why haven't you done a gear like a a loadout video yet? Like going through your pack and talking about all your gear." And I'm like. It's because, and I've said this on the show before too, I've had the same gear pretty much for so many damn years that, like, yeah. why would I make a, like, a video where I talk about gear that came out in, like, 2015, you know? Like, th- everyone's gonna be like, oh, ultralight gear video, let me look at this, and they're gonna be like, fuck this guy, I'm not gonna buy a, a fucking ULA CDT from 2014, like, <laughs> that, so that's why I haven't, that's why I haven't made that video, and that's why I, I feel like for someone who has the amount of, the amount of experience I have... I'm like kind of behind the curve on gear, at least when it comes to like specific UL gear like this, because I just haven't upgraded in so long. There's just so many new options now. And so it's, it's good to talk about some of this stuff. Um, what, what else, any, any other new, new gear that you've gotten since we last talked about it? I don't think so. Uh, no, I think that, yeah, the, I did replace the pack and I got, just got a new show. Oh no, I I did. I'm sorry. Uh, Another thing. So this is like, (laughs) After you finish the through hike, you're like, wow, this sucked, this sucked. Um, and pretty much all the gear I had in the AT was great. But when I, once I got to Arizona, like, I started, like, finding the shortcomings of my gear. That's when I was pushing the limits in terms of usually it was comfort. Um, so, yeah, my quilt was way too cold on the Arizona Trail. I had a lot of nights where I was just, like, very chilly. And I have an Enlightened Equipment. Uh, it's the Enlightened Equipment Revelation, and it's – or, yeah, Revelation. It's 20 degrees, but – 
for me, it is not, it does not work at 20 degrees. And it's the model before they started adding the automatic overstuff or basically adding more down by default. So I think now they're probably warmer, but the one that I have, it's just like, it's probably a, it's definitely a combination of not as much down, but also it has like 4,000 miles on it. So the down in there is very squished down and I have not washed it admittedly. So that's definitely my <laughs> fault. Um, the other thing is that the quilt is not long enough for me. Uh, that was just on my, my part. I made a mistake. So um, last year I was like kind of just trolling the, the UL gear trade on Reddit. And I saw someone was selling a catabatic all sec, which is like rated for 22 degrees. Um, and their temperature ratings are like, like more conservative in that they put more down in there. Um, you know, and they have, they basically have a higher target loft of what they're trying to, what the sure, quilt's sure. trying to have. So this thing is, it's a 20 degree quilt and at, whoever bought it also added two ounces of overstuff in there. So it is like sleeping in a, in a toasty oven. It is so <laughs> nice. So, um, and the other thing is that the, it, first of all, I got the right length for me. So there's that. It actually comes up to like around my neck area and like the bottom half of my face. So it actually keeps me warm. Um, and the catabatics are honestly, in my opinion, they are just better designed than the light equipments. They're also more expensive. So there's that too. But they, to me, they have, uh, the design is so much better. Like it's kind of hard to describe over just talking on a podcast, but um, it, I would just go look up catabatic the catabatic quilts if you're kind of curious how they're designed but basically they are the bottom part uh has kind of a tapered um tapered sides that kind of tuck underneath you so it's like very easy for to get everything tucked in there and not have drafts come in uh which is something i kind of had a problem with with the light equipment um and so honestly and the other big thing is that i have a it's a sewn closed foot box which to me has a big advantage one because with the ones like the revelation, you can open it up or close it. The problem with that I had is I think the bottom, you know, that hold the bottom when you have to like cinch it tight, there's a little bit of hole. There's a hole. So I think we talked about this on our last gear episode too. Probably. Cause you, so you were is, like, Oh, just shove a sock in there. And I was like, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's ways to get around it, but the, that was the first problem is like the foot box was I, cold. I agree. Way. Cause it's my hammock gear quilt. I had the same problem with uh, on the, uh, the colder nights on the AT. Yeah. You do get a I, little bit, just a little bit of airflow through there. Yeah. And the other thing is that the weights is because it's like a cinch on the bottom it all just kind of like funnels down to a small point at the very end. And the problem I had is like my huge feet would stick up. Like if I was laying on my back, it would stick up into the loft, the down, and it would just push all the way to the outer edge and my toes would be freezing cold. So the cool thing about the catabatic is like, because I have the one with the sewn foot box, um, it actually had like, if you lay it down normally, like the foot box actually curves up a little bit. It's like a little raised up area where you can stick your feet into. And so it's like, um, basically it's not pushing up through the, through the insulation on there. And so just in, in many ways that quilt is, um, is a lot more, is a lot warmer. And so I've been using it a lot. I used it a bunch like during shoulder season here last year, like in September and October. And I had some very cold nights. I've used it a bunch in the spring here and I'm always like super warm. Like I'll be sleeping in like, you know, 20 degree weather. And I have like a t-shirt on in there. Um, mm -hmm. it's it, and like no sleeping clothes at all. So it's, uh, it just basically wearing like my shorts and my, my, uh, hiking shirt. So yeah, I, that's the other I did. So yeah, I basically, I guess I've changed my big three at this point. So <laughs> I've, Dude, uh, it's absolutely freaking pouring outside right now can you hear that i hear that is is coming damn. down it was like almost sunny when we started this and now it's just damn sorry i got distracted no, there that the mud season is not going away anytime soon no it's not it's not <laughs> I, I knew it was gonna rain today it's supposed to be nice tomorrow hopefully but uh yeah okay yeah wow that rain is just intense um i'm gonna forget about that and i'm gonna listen to a story baker so 50 minutes in uh, I think it wasn't it. I forgot like the first two times we did episodes yeah. to ask you. It's like, that's like the trail tales thing. I have people share a story at the end. I know. And then for some I... reason I forgot with the same guest like two episodes in a row or not in a row, but two episodes that he came on. So I know you've told stories since then because you've done so many damn episodes at this point. But let's uh, let's hear another story. What you got? Yeah. So this was probably the the most frightening event of my, the hiking that I did in 2018. So this was on the Florida trail and pretty early on. Um, and you know, the funny thing is like, before you go hiking, before you go on like some kind of long trip, you know, friends and family, the, like one of the first things they ask you is like, 
what are you going to do about bears? What are you going to do about, you know, wolves, like all the different or, you know, mountain lions, like all the various, um, you know, dangerous predators that are out there or snakes and stuff like that. They're always like asking you about those things. And, and then I was hiking the floor trail. So of course people were asking like alligators and stuff, uh, like, how do you handle, like, what are you going to do? Are you afraid of being attacked by one? And so, I mean, as anyone who's actually hiked a lot in the backcountry knows that most wild animals are very afraid of people, even like the scary predatory ones. I mean, that's obviously there are exceptions. Like, you know, you have to be careful. You don't want to get between a mom bear and her cubs and stuff like that. But in general, most wild animals are pretty afraid of you. So it was kind of funny. Like when I was thinking of animals that I was afraid of when I was out there, one of the first things I thought of was like, what about like dogs? Because dogs are not afraid of people. They're obviously very used to people being around. And so that was kind of one of the things I was kind of worried about. I was like, what if there's like some, someone's dog out there that's just like really aggressive and they're not around or whatever. But I was like, I'm not going to worry about it. Like there's so much other stuff to worry about. Like no point in worrying about it. So here I am like three or four days into the Florida trail hike. And this is going through a section, uh, which is goes near some, um, it's like sugarcane fields, like huge sugarcane fields. Uh, and so there are like, you know, people who like work out there are living, like they have houses and stuff out there. Um, so I'm walking along like on a levee, which is like a raised up thing that kind of, you know, keeps the water flowing. It kind of channels the water through a different area. And so you walk across these like tall levees, which is pretty cool. Cause you have these huge views of like the, the, the sugarcane fields and everything around you, but I'm walking along and, uh, there's kind of a house coming up on my right, like way in the distance, like probably 200 yards ahead. And I see a dog kind of running around, um, outside, like clearly not on a leash, like outside the fence and everything. Um, and I see this dog and I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to worry about it. It's just a dog. Like most dogs are very friendly. Um, and so I see this dog, I'm getting closer and it kind of starts to like bark, but you know, it's really far away. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I think I'm fine. And I'm, the trail doesn't go like right next to this house. So I figure like, it's not going to be that big a deal. So, you know, as I get closer, this dog is like clearly looking at me and I'm like, I'm starting to get more nervous. Uh, cause again, and like all these, you know, fears that I've been thinking about earlier, I'm thinking like, Oh, the dog, that was the one thing I was like actually kind of like mildly nervous about. So, um, I'm getting closer and the, now I'm probably like a hundred yards or maybe 75 yards. Um, and the dog just starts sprinting straight at me. And you know, dogs like to run up to people. So it's not like that unusual, but this was so far away, you know, usually you get kind of close to a dog and then they run up to you and like, you know, want to get, get some pets or whatever. But this dog was like really, it was like really far away and it was already like sprinting at me. So I was like, Oh shit, this is, this is like my worst fear right here. So it's getting closer and I have like time to prepare because it's like so far away. And so then I basically take my trekking poles and I kind of like stick them out in front of me. And I'm like, I guess this is my best, <laughs> my best <laughs> Not defense. much you can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like, this dog is super fast. I'm carrying my pack. It's pretty heavy because I have a lot of food in it. And I'm like, I can't outrun this thing. There's nowhere like to run to because the one side is like the fields or like, which would be close to dog. The other side is uh, a canal with a bunch of alligators in it and like really deep water. I was like, I guess I could jump in there and maybe I could outswim a dog. But I was like, I, I mean, I, I was like not sure what to do at this point. So anyway, the dog is like coming at me and I'm like this. I was like starting to get into this very tense. Like I'm like sweating. I'm like very, very nervous now. So this dog like gets, it comes up to me and it starts to get closer. As it gets closer, it starts to slow down. And I have the poles out and I'm like, this is it. Like I'm going to stab this dog. Like I really don't want to stab a dog. I love dogs, but I was very afraid at this point. Yeah, I'm like yeah. full on panicked. And it's like barking the whole time. So it doesn't look, it's not like kind of like jogging up to me, like all happy looking, like it's like full on barking and sprinting at me. So it gets up to me and it kind of like slows down and stops like maybe like 10 or 10 or so feet away from me. And it's like barking, barking, like really, really loud and aggressive. And you just don't know the dog. You don't know if it has intention to just mess with you because it's been just barking and having fun or if it's like actually mad. And so I don't know. And this dog is like basically wild it's not wild but it's like um, there's no owner in sight i'm walking by the house and no one's standing outside it's kind of early in the morning so there's no one around so this dog is like growling and barking at me it's getting closer and closer soon it's like it's like basically in striking distance like it could lunge out and just bite me and i'm like on my poles i'm like almost about to start stabbing at it but i'm thinking if i like could have got a stab at it and i miss or something it'll just like bite my arm or it'll just like jump on me so it gets really close and all of a sudden, like kind of, I just wasn't even really thinking just this primal instinct just like, wells up inside me. And I just like, 
like, <laughs> I like literally scream at this dog like with this like just just like you know very primal like like just guttural sound and like it gets it, it gets a little bolder and closer and then I just kind of lunge at it I don't even like go with my trekking balls I just kind of like you know like kind of uh push my whole like you know yeah, yeah. Jump, jump at it with my whole body and I scream again and it backs up a bit and I'm like okay I can see that's scaring it so I keep doing it I keep getting closer and screaming and screaming and finally it just takes off and I'm like <laughs> I did it like, I did it I was like holy shit like I, I totally avoided this this dog and so it runs away it's sprinting away and I'm like yes like I I did it I can't believe it and so I walk I'm watching it run away and I'm like hell yeah like I just took on that dog uh and so then i it kind of like go it runs all the way behind its house and i'm like that's great but you know in the back of my mind i'm thinking i don't want to just assume it's not coming back so i kind of like keep looking back keep looking back nothing's there but then all of a sudden come comes running around the other side of the house sprinting right back at me and uh. i'm like oh god and so like round two again here it comes barking and growling at me and i'm like this is it like i'll i'll stab this thing if i have to and i really don't want to do that but i was i was so panicked at this point oh I was dude, like, yeah I, I can totally understand that it was yeah it was really bad so it gets close to me again and i'm like well i've scared it already once without having to hurt so i'm gonna try again so yeah it gets close to me and i kind of just run a couple steps at it and just scream again and like you know just like kind of just wave my arms up in the air and like just you know look as scary as possible mm-hmm. and it just takes off again and i'm like all right good it took takes off again and so then i start to walk away but as i turn around it quickly turns around and starts sprinting at me again like it was waiting yeah i was like waiting for me to turn around so then i turn around again and i run up to it just start yelling and yelling banging my pulse together whatever um and so then it runs away and so then i walk backwards i'm walking backwards past this house and i'm like i'm keeping like my eye on it and it sees me watching it and it doesn't try to come at me again and so I'm like, oh my god! Like, and so I get away, finally get away from it, and this, it's all over. And I'm like, okay, I can't believe I just survived that. So it was, it was crazy. And then probably a month later, um, like the floor trail does go through some areas. Like it has, it goes through a lot of areas with people in them. And so there are a few. I had a few more dog incidents, and one like there was at one point where there was these two dogs that were coming at me from like they just come came running out of a house down this hill towards me. But they were these small little dogs, and every time after that, I was just like, "Bring it on, little dogs!" Like if it was like a, especially if it was like these little tiny ones, I was like, "Like bring it on!" And so I just like did the same thing. I run up to them and like make noise, and like I'm sure the owners, if they ever saw me, thought I was like a terrible person. But I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I don't know this dog. I don't know how friendly it is. Yeah, um, yeah. And so yeah, it's that was ever since then. I'm I'm still wary of dogs. I'm still probably the most afraid of those of any animal I could encounter anywhere. But I'm a little like I kind of know that. I mean, the thing is, if the dog actually wanted to attack me, I was just like, I'll show. Like, I couldn't actually hurt it. If it really wanted to attack me, it could have, it could have like killed me. But I, you know, I was. It, I guess if you're able to intimidate it away from hurting you, then that's that works. So yeah, yeah, that that's scary. an interesting story. Like you always hear about encounters with like bears, mountain lions, and shit, but dogs. I feel like dogs are a threat on trails that have a lot of road walking or trails that are yeah. close to civilization like that. So that's yeah, I a, remember um, Jupiter and when his, his Sheltoe trace videos, he mentioned a lot of wild dogs too. So yeah, I, I think, I mean, he said wild dogs. I don't know if that means like just actual dogs roaming around in the woods, which is like even scarier because <laughs> yeah. those things aren't like, they're not being fed, you know, those they're are not called like coyotes, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> so that, that seems pretty scary. And then ironically, I actually got actually bitten by a dog last summer riding my bike. Oh um, shit. Yeah. Like that one, I couldn't scare it away fast enough, but I, it, it bit onto me, but then I like kicked it straight in the face. Uh, and again, I'm not afraid of hurting dogs. Now. Like I don't want to sound like a dog herder kind of person, but when dogs come well, up when and it's attack attacking me, you, yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. reasonable. So I like, I kicked it in the face. It did run away, but it actually bit me and it drew blood um, just a little bit, like just, just barely cut through the like, you know, the surface of my skin. But the, the, the guy who owned this dog, he was literally living in his RV and not like van life, cool rv like <laughs> like like living in his rv like not out of choice kind of situation and yeah, so yeah. and i felt really bad for him but i was like do you have any papers showing that you've like had this dog like you know this dog's been vaccinated for rabies and he had nothing and i was like oh god but i, I was like there's no way i could like get any money from this guy and he just was he wasn't you know, there was nothing he was gonna be able to do about it so i just kind of like rolled the dice i was like i hope i don't get rabies and like nothing ever happened luckily but 
again, man, those dogs, that's the worst animal encounter I've ever had on any sort of outdoor adventure. So damn. Yeah. It's a, it's a good reminder to watch out for the dogs. I remember when I was watching a, this guy named Sai Sai So, I think his, his name is, oh, yeah. um, on his, his CDT vlogs. Yep. I, he, I, I at the very end, he was going through New Mexico because he went yeah. Sobo and he was talking about getting attacked by, or he did get attacked by, attacked by a couple dogs. Um, again, it yeah. wasn't anything that was, uh, super bad he was fine but he did get i think some light bites and stuff so gotta yeah. keep that in mind i guess so watch out for them dogs that's right who, let, you, who let they, those damn dogs out and just growl at them apparently they're scared of that make this like make a the, bear yeah <laughs> make the scariest growl you can and it might might work so baker thanks again man um i i, I get i feel like i said this a little, like the last three times we talked but if people haven't followed you by now on social media, I feel like they're just not going to. But That's for, fine. for anybody else who maybe just glossed over the last five times you've, <laughs> you've mentioned <laughs> this, what's your Instagram? Uh, it's at B-B-O-K-O-R-N-E-Y. Awesome. It's, uh, not catchy at all, but that it's not as cool as Cull hates hiking, but, you know, it's, uh, it's by name, so... Good stuff. Thanks, man. Thanks to everybody listening, and have a good one. Dope.